I wanted just to take a few minutes and share with you tonight. I don't know how long we'll be together uh, sharing out, out of the word. But, you know, I, when it starts to get toward the end of something, God sometimes takes me back to the beginning. And I think it, it, it just to remind me that he's in it. <laughs> how many of you know, sometimes when you get to the end and things start looking good, you have a tendency to start thinking, man, I did good this time. I came through. I did all right. And then, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't that. In the beginning, it was, oh, God, you got to come through because I am in a mess, man. I got things going on. If you're telling me this is what's going to happen in our life, this is bigger than where I am. This is bigger than who I am. So I, I, I really, I need you to show up. And then somewhere in the middle... You know, you're starting to gain some confidence in God and, and you're starting to gain a little confidence in your ability to follow God. And then when you get to the end and you start ready, you know, you're going to the next thing and everybody's excited. You start looking at it saying, man, I did really good, God. And then what we have to realize and what God always takes me back to is the beginning where he said, this is what I told you back in the beginning. And you have to realize that it was God all the way through. We needed God in the beginning, we needed God in the middle, and even in the end, and even when it's finished, and when, even when it's over, we need to know that it was gone, and that we couldn't have come to that place or got to that point without him. And I wanted to share, and he took me back through a few messages that we shared over this year, and, and I began to read, and, and I've spent a lot of time going back. I do that quite often, and sometimes I get up here and share, you know, this is what God showed me from all these last five or ten messages, but, but I go back and I saw themes as I went back through the year. You know, things that God was showing us and things that God was teaching us. And, and really, uh, you know, one of the biggest ones that stood out, we're not going to talk about it today so much. We've talked about it a lot this year is faith. Just that opportunity to continue to go, go forward. And what faith means really truly is believing that it's him and not us. And it's that constant theme and constant thread as we went through the year of encouraging us. You know, back in July, it was messages about focus faith and rewarding faith and, and revolutionary faith and, and all of these things. And then in the fall, it was next step faith as we continue to go forward. And yeah, some of the same scriptures and some of the same stories, but, but all of it with God's anointing going in a certain direction. And when you begin to look back at the whole, you can go back online if you want and look at the messages. They go all the way back to last year sometime. And you can see all the things that have been preached by all the people who have who have been here or me or, you know, Pastor Pam or whoever it might be. The one thing that I see is that God continues to say something that goes all the way through the year. And then it gets to December and it's not over. He just continues to carry that into next year. And I'm always amazed at how God does it as he goes from one year to the next. And, you know, it's not that there's just one book and one story for every person for the entire year because we all have different lives and we all have different things that we're going through. But it does seem to me to be pretty amazing that, that no matter who you hear share or who you hear speak, the things begin to kind of go the same way. And as we stay in one spirit, we're all going in the same direction. We may be running different races and we may be doing different things, but God's word continues, continues us in, in a forward pattern, in a forward direction. You know, in the beginning of the year in January, uh, things were changing. You know, and, and for Elizabeth and I, as, as, as we were becoming pastors of the church, uh, I, I remember it was January 2nd, and, and Pastor Pam and Bill had left, and they, they'd gone to Florida for a little bit, and uh, I, I was going to share and, and preach that day. But the message that I felt to share was actually Pastor Pam's message. So I, I don't usually steal things so blatantly. I usually pretend that it's a little bit, you know, some, somewhere from something else. But that, that particular message was, was really, truly 
uh, a message that she felt was for our church for this year. And, and when she had this message and when she had gotten this, this word from the Lord in December, I think it was in December, uh, it wasn't even known to, to any of us really truly that we were going to change and transition from Pastor Pam to, to Elizabeth and I uh, in this particular role. But when I, when I began to share that, uh, that day, I really I, I called Pastor Pam and asked her, can I share your, can I share your word? Because <laughs> I really feel like it, it's for for this church and for us in this body. And we'll talk about it over the next couple of weeks on Sundays. But well, the word that God gave me that day when I began to share, and he was speaking to me, but I felt like really truly he was speaking to all of us, was this word. And I was just going to read it. The word that he gave us was about manna and, and about receiving manna from heaven every day. You know, and it goes back to Exodus. And it's really in Exodus chapter 16 that God begins to spell out and pour out this idea of manna from heaven that every day you would wake up and you would go outside and, and you would you would get just enough for you and your household and that you would bring it into your house, that you would eat that. And then if you save some because, you know, you thought you might need some the next day or there wouldn't be any, you would wake up as they did. And it tells this in Exodus 16 to rotting, rotting stuff full of worms. That it was about a day-by-day process of trusting God. For 40 years, the children of Israel went through, woke up every day, and went outside and trusted God for what they needed for that day. That that was really truly the word for this church as we began 2011. Was that we would be trusting in God. We would need to trust in God every day. That it, that it might not be more than what we needed for that day, but it's going to be what we need for that day. And the word that he gave me and he shared with me and I shared with, with everybody who was here that I don't know how many, how many of you were here that, that day and this was the second. Okay, so some of you are new and haven't been here since then or whatever that might be. But this was the word that I read that day that I felt like God shared with us for that particular morning. It said, this year will be a year of great provision, miraculous provision that will be doled out daily. <laughs> That's the doled out daily. See, we like miraculous provision, and we like that idea of it being doled out upon us. But when it says doled out daily, we know right there that that means it's going to be just enough for that day. And he said, he said to me and to us in that day, he said, you will have to know your God as provider. He will bring what you need into your life as you seek him on a daily basis. And we've been talking about that continually uh, throughout this year it says you will see all of your desires of your heart as you acknowledge him in all of your ways and wean yourself from your understanding how many of you have had to go a different direction than maybe you thought you were going to have to go this year you know how many of you thought it was going to be like this because god said but actually it came out of left field over here and so all of a sudden we're following god but it wasn't like what we thought we've had to get away from what we can come up with we have to get away now, not that your ideas aren't, aren't, aren't good and not that because we have the mind of Christ and I believe that he gives us great ideas. But there's a difference between a God idea and just one of our ideas. And it's this idea of us figuring it out and weaning us from that place. It says great wisdom, great wealth, great health and great peace will be yours in 2011, a year that will exceed your greatest expectation, not just living in God's goodness, but seeing the grace of the greatness of God manifest in our lives daily. That the, not just the goodness, but the absolute pouring out blessing of who God is in our lives. To see really God, see him great in our lives. That his manna every day would be like that. And, and there's stories and you have testimonies and you have things that, have, that God has done. And when we get down, don't we get so narrowly focused? When we get down here, we're in, we're in, we're in the end. 
You know, it's, this, it's December 28th, and Lori's got 75 chapters to read, and Elizabeth has 82 chapters to read. And, and they, the one thing about the iPhone and reading the Bible through there, if you fall behind, you can say catch up, and it takes like 16 months, and it makes it in like four days. Now, it'll, it'll blitz you because you're going to read like 100 chapters in like no time. But see, you get so tunnel-focused, you forget the fact that for the last 340 days, you've been doing great. And God's been doing wonderful, and maybe something happened, and you got a little behind as we got to the end. Don't lose sight here at the end of all the great things that God has done to get you here. See, we get to the end, and it starts to look, and then we're thinking, you know what? Just forget the whole thing, and I'll go to next year. Well, that, that sounds great, but God's done a lot of great things this year. I would encourage you, and I have to repent because I haven't done this, and I feel like really God has shown me to, but, but to sit down and just begin to map out what God has done this year. To write down the great things. To start, you know, in January and just pray. I know you forget. And, I, you know, I start thinking about things. And I even thought, man, I need a list, God, of what you've done. <laughs> and he said, well, that's what I told you to put together the whole time. So now I'm really going to have to pray and say, okay, God, you've got to show me. But, but to put these, put, just put those things down. Why? Well, it's the backward side of the right division thing that we've talked so much about this year. It's that thing that says as you look back and see God being good in your life. Seeing God being great in your life. We forget about it on December 28th, but he came through for us on April 13th. He came through for us in March 14th. He came through in a way that we really needed him to come through. And we were so excited and our life was really changing in that moment. And now we've gotten to December 28th and we kind of forget. Don't forget about the manna. Don't forget about the goodness of God that he poured out in each of our lives on those daily basis. Manna is really, truly just sustenance from the Lord. It's just that thing that says, I can survive. Manna was food for the children of Israel at that time that they took into their bodies and it allowed them to live. In our life in the New Testament, that manna that we're believing for, the manna that we're talking about, is really, truly the word of God and the will of God being poured out in our life through his word and by his Holy Spirit. That we would grab a hold of that. It wasn't something that didn't happen in their lives from that. They didn't stop eating in their life from that time forward. They were continued to be provided for. It was just provided for differently. As we move into the next year, God's still going to provide for us. But we're going to have to trust him and, and know what to do with what he's telling us as we move into a new year. The one thing about man and the children of Israel was it required totally trusting in God. They couldn't make the stuff. They weren't going out in the middle of the night and, you know, make the donuts at 3 o'clock in the morning and somebody out there making the manna and throwing it in everybody's yard before they woke up. They didn't have the manna delivery service. It was God. In our lives, have you had to rely on God this year maybe more than you have before? Well, it's because of the times and it's because of, no, it's not because of the times and the finances. It's because God is drawing us closer to him because he's about to launch us into the last days and the last things that he has. And we need to know that we trust God beyond a shadow of a doubt. We need to know that we rely on God in a way that we never have before. We like to say that each year we rely on God more and more. We would like to think we rely on him totally right now. But how many of you have learned in your life as you've grown that you rely on him a little bit more each time? That you trust him a little bit more? The one thing about manna that we talked about in the beginning of the year was that it required a daily living out of our faith. A daily trusting him like we never have before. And, that, you know, there was always a story from somebody who came, you know, God told me this and I've been trusting him and believing for and he showed up right on time. 
And those testimonies and those stories and those things that were shared throughout the year from, from the pulpit or maybe in a, in a group where you were, a Bible study or whatever that might be, a, a care group or in mentoring or wherever you found yourself in that moment, it's those words and those exciting testimonies, those things that God has done in somebody's life, being big, being great, that really stirs us and kind of continues us as we go out that next morning and gather up what God has for us. God will always provide what you have need of. He is a provider. That's part of who he is. He, he is not someone. Now think about it in your own life with your own children. If, you, if we had everything that we had need of, if we had everything sitting at our disposal that we could physically touch and give away, is there anything that our children would need that we would not give them? Now, we probably wouldn't give it to them early. We would probably give it to them like we do right on time. You know, I just paid Rachel's school tuition. You know, she had to pay some for her to go to Butler. And it's, it's right on time. I didn't send it to him six weeks ago. Didn't have it six weeks ago. <laughs> but, you know, I've had it for a couple of weeks, but I haven't sent it to him. Why? Because it's not time yet. When it's time, that's what happens. In, in our lives, when your children need something, we give it to them. If it's at our disposal. And now realize this, everything is at God's disposal. And so everything that we need, everything that, that we need in our life to go on, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, he will provide for us. That's what, manna, that's what manna showed the children of Israel, that God loved them, cared about them, knew about them, and would provide for them every day. That every day they got to wake up and know that God loved them and that he was providing for them. Everything that they had need of. And here's the thing that I liked about it. It was always sufficient. It was sufficient for that day for that family. The word that God speaks to you today is sufficient for you for today. And it will continue tomorrow as he gives you a word. If you try to relax and, and, and rely on the word that you heard in July for December, what we were sharing and what we've been talking about basically all year is you can still trust God and his word is still true. But he has something for you today that we don't just necessarily rely on what God said in July. Do we write down what God said in July? Sure. Do we trust God for what he said in July? Definitely. But the deal is, and the situation is, he's going to speak to us today just like he did in July. And then he may have something for you in August that will take you through and help you see the thing that he promised you and showed you in July. That he leads us and he guides us daily. He will always provide everything that we have need of. What we have to do and what we've learned to do, and I think what we've tried to put into practice in, in, in this church, in our lives, even though we face great things, is don't worry. You know, you hear it over and over and over again. We hear it from the pulpit. We hear it in different things. As we went through the putt-putt and we got to the point where we were believing God for all of that money and for all of those things, you had to continue to stand and continue to believe and continue to speak the right words and the right things. Why? Because the opportunity to worry was there all the time. Sandy, we would always send her an email, how much, how much came in for putt-putt this week? And she would try to, as encouragingly as possible, send back and say, not much. <laughs> but we would continue to stand and continue to say the words that God had spoken to us, continuing to speak the, the truth, but not worry. Why? Because when you worry, you don't add anything to your stature. In Matthew, it says, you know, don't worry. Why? Because worry doesn't do us any good. In Psalms 37, it says, don't fret. It only causes harm. So the things that you've been through this year, don't worry. The things that we're going to face next year, we've learned our lessons. So next year we don't worry. Why? Because we're growing. 
We're growing in him. Now, the things you face next year will be bigger than the things you face this year. Not to bring you down, not to bring a big, you know, wet blanket over the whole situation. But I will tell you this, that the enemy will bring a, he'll bring a fight against you next year that he is bigger than the fight he brought against you this year. If you think you, you, you had a fight on your hands this year as you walked through maybe financially or a health in your body or whatever it might be, the enemy has, a, he has another fight for you around the corner. But just as God was victorious in your life this year, he'll be victorious in your life next year. But we can't worry. Don't spend your life worrying about whether or not we're going to wake up in the morning and see manna on the ground. You could do that for 40 years, but what would you see in 40 years? He came through every day, but we wasted our night. We wasted our time to rest and we wasted our time to sleep and we wasted our time uh, to relax and to trust God. We wasted it in worrying about tomorrow and about our manna. We've learned in that in, in this particular we've learned in this church, we've learned in this particular case, that's not us. We don't worry. We know that God will show up. There's a building of your faith that comes. But if we don't step out in faith, it won't ever be built. That if we don't actually lift those weights, our muscles won't grow. If we don't eat the right thing, our bodies will fall apart. We've taught it and shared it for years in this church. It's, it's about eating the right thing, the word of God, taking in what he's showing us and telling us in his word and by his Holy Spirit and then exercising and being obedient to what he says to step out and do it. And that's the building part of our muscles. And we grow in faith. That every day we know that God is there and it becomes a habit and it becomes really, truly what we do and, and how we live. And if we don't have it, we can't. Don't you just get a little cranky? We just can't quite be what we need to be for this moment. Have you ever just had one of those days where you finally just say about six o'clock at night, okay, leave me alone. I'm going to run away. I'm going to go sit down. I'm just going to go get with God. Was that today, Mike? (laughs) He's falling over. Have you ever had one of those? But have you ever had that? Like you've been two days and now it's been three days and you just can't figure out why you're all like messed up and why things aren't going right. Well, all of a sudden we stopped eating our manna and we've gotten ourselves all cantankerous. We tried to eat the quail. I can remember the children of Israel complained about not having meat and, and that didn't go well for them. So all of a sudden we found ourselves in that place. And you just got to get away for a moment. Why? Because God provides. I've started to worry. I've started to try to figure it out. I've tried to, you know, I've tried to make it right in my own mind. And God says, don't do that. His word in the beginning told us and shared, as he shared with us, that you have to wean yourself. We have to wean ourselves away from our own understanding. Some of you are very, very smart. Some of us have figured things out for a long time. Some of us think we have pretty much all of it all nailed down, that we know the way it's going to go and that it should happen like this. Now, if God's leading you and guiding you in, that, in, in, in you fighting that out, fantastic. But if it's me putting it together, look out. Allow God to be big in your life because he may change things along the way. Plan your way. Man plans his ways, but God directs his steps. That as you wake up and God begins to lead you and he begins to guide you, you begin to put the plan together. But just be aware that God tomorrow might wake up and you might change and go a different direction. And be okay with that. It's all right if God changes things as he takes you from one place to the next. God doesn't change. His word never changes. But I'll tell you what, his word changes us. And as he leads us and he guides us, be aware that he may take you in a different direction. As you seek him, as you look for him, you'll find fulfillment and you'll find direction. That was true this year. It's going to be true next year. I just want to encourage you right now to think about where you were maybe December in 2010. 
as we moved into this new year in January. Think about what was going on in your life and think about what was happening and what you faced. And really, truly, in most cases, not every case yet because God's not done, but in most cases, the things that we face there, God has finished and he's completed and something's changed. Now, it's either changed in the natural or it's changed in us. See, either it's finished in the natural or we know on the inside of us that he's going to finish it. See, sometimes he calms the storm and sometimes he calms us in the midst of the storm. But think about where you were and where you are today. I love to go back and do that because sometimes when I start thinking about today and what's happening right now and I start worrying about tomorrow and I start thinking about the next week and how we're going to get to here, we lose track and lose sight of how good God's been in our lives. And I don't want to do that. Seeking him is that idea that says, I am coming after you and I'm knocking I'm learning that you're my best friend. I'm learning that you're my deliverer. I'm learning that you're my healer. I'm learning that you're my provider. I'm learning that you're my teacher. See, I'm learning that you're, see, I lean into you for everything. And then I'm better at it today than I was last month. And I'm better at it today than I was last year. I'll be better at it tomorrow than I am today. Continuing to grow, not stopping. 11 Hebrews eleven six says, if you'll diligently seek God, there's a reward because it says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So now we have to look and we have to think and begin to wonder in our own hearts and in our own minds. Have I been have I been seeking him with all of my heart in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? It talks about the plans that God has for us. It talks about all the things that he wants to pour out. He has plans and thoughts for us, thoughts for future Thoughts that bring hope. But then it also goes on and it says, and you'll know these things. You'll be able to find these things because you'll go away and you'll pray to me. And you'll seek my face with all of your heart. And when you do, you'll find me. It's a part of that reward of the diligently seeking him that we read in 11.6. But if you go to Jeremiah in chapter 29, he kind of spells it out there. It's after the part that we usually talk about. We usually talk about the fact that he has thoughts about us. To give us a future and to give us hope. And we like that part. But right after that, it spells out and says, and you basically it says in these words, you'll know, you'll know what those things are and you'll know that they exist because when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And it's in that seeking him with all of our heart. Today, yesterday, tomorrow. It's in that pouring ourselves out. And you know, you know it's true in your life. When we're doing this in our life, things, I mean, things could be a wreck naturally, but spiritually we're all right and we're on an even keel and we're going through the middle of the storm. It's when we stop doing, it's, we, just, we just, just deviate for just a second, for just a moment. We, we, just, we just say, you know what? I've done it for so long. I'm just going to take a second here. And I'm just going to let somebody have it. I'm just going to say what I feel. I'm just going to, and, and all of a sudden, we've, we've just all we've brought our ship into just a, a massive point of destruction. Well, how, how, did, how did that happen? How did that work? Well, the enemy just takes our focus and just steers it for just a second. And if he can just steer our focus for a second, we can end up being shipwrecked in a place where we never even God never even had a, had, had a thought that we would end up in that spot. Continue to seek God like we have every day. Maybe you say, well, man, I've messed up and I've missed it. Well, seek him today. Seek him tomorrow. I got a card from Selma. It says wise men still seek him. See, wise men still seek him. Are we wise? Then we should seek him. The wise men did. That's, it's, it's a play on words from the wise men, you know, in the story. 
of Christmas at the nativity and at the manger, that the wise men went after him seeking the Lord and seeking the king of kings. And that we in this age in which we live today still have an opportunity to seek him, so seek him. Too many, too many believers, I, I think, are just distracted. Not just distracted. There's, that's, that's trouble for us in this world because the enemy is out there seeking whom he may devour in 1 Peter chapter 5. As a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And as we are distracted in our lives, not distracted like, you know, we're, 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 we're busy. Not, not, not that. Not, we, we are all are busy. We all have stuff to do. We all have stuff going on. But distracted in the sense that I am not focused on Jesus anymore. My, my spiritual radar has been tuned off. I've turned off the radio and I'm just cruising today. That's trouble. Because the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. And as we move into a new year in 2012, just realize and understand that the devil knows that. That the times are closer and that they're growing dimmer and dimmer. And that his last, his last gasp will be, will be larger than what we've seen. But, uh, but no one understand that as we follow God, we're promised the victory in all those places and all those situations. That the light on the inside of us will shine brighter. But we still have to seek him. You can't know unless we seek how can we know unless we ask? That's why it says, ask, seek, and knock. And those who ask, it will be answered. Those who seek will find. That's us. Seeking after him. We can't be distracted. Just like I've shared and talked about, and the, the example that God's given me is, is texting while you drive. Don't do that. It's illegal. We have three policemen in, this, in the congregation. Not today, but, you know, in general. So, you know, they'll be watching you in the parking lot. So be careful. But how quickly is it? How quickly is it that you can get in trouble? It's just, it's, just, it's just a text. And sometimes it's not even you texting. It's just you reading. But how quickly? We, we're good drivers. I mean, my mom used to be able to, to, to take us out and drive with no seatbelt and, and pop us and do all kinds of stuff and never had a problem. Her brakes worked excellent and her seatbelt was her arm. Right? When she would hit the brakes, her arm just went over, and that's what kept you from going through the windshield. She was perfect, and she was never distracted. But we get these little phones now, and all of a sudden, we can't even drive 10 feet without bumping into a tree. But believers are bumping into trees all over the place. Don't text while you pray. Right? Now, you know, I mean, maybe you're texting God. I don't want to, but don't, we don't be distracted, because if you're distracted, it's so quickly, so quick you can get in an accident. So quick the enemy could snuff you out in your life. Be careful. God's done great things. God's done great things in your life and in my life and in this church. All the stuff that's happened. I mean, I was going to go back and make a list, and and I will as we we progress. We have that video that we played at the fall harvest of the things that went through October. But, you know, right after that, we sent that container off. You know, it should be landed in Mombasa now. And just a a couple weeks, you know, 10, 12 days, it'll be in yay. And uh, they'll be opening that thing up. I mean, just just think about what God. I mean, that that was just like you know your shoes or or you know your 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 thing that you put in there for your orphan or whatever it was. The little piece, that little part, filled up forty feet, forty feet worth of container from top to bottom, from left to right, full of God's goodness. And they're about to open that thing up and see that God is great. And we all got to be just a, a part of it. Just somehow, whether you gave finances toward it or you gave your stuff or w- whatever it might be. I mean, that, that's, that's God's goodness, man. Now, that is seeing God great. And just to, to lock that thing up and then to watch it drive away. Say, God, man, you've been so good. 
you know, it started way back in the beginning. And I mean, it's been five years, six years that, that we've been chasing after what God has for us there and doing everything that we could to, to fulfill the vision that he's put in this church to help those children and to help Pastor Stanley and to do all that. And man, we just, that was just a, that was the closing of one chapter, but God's just got another chapter. You know, I mean, that part was gone and the container's out, but that he's interviewing new kids now. I mean, we're moving on into the next thing that God has. Just trust God and know that he's good. He provided for all of those children, all of that stuff. But there was a day where we thought we were going to have to put like blow up things in there to fill up the space. But God's a provider. It even got to the point in the end where we had to start making decisions of what was going to go and what wasn't going to go. I mean, that's how that's how good God is. There was more than enough. At the last moment. Didn't know where it came from. Don't know how it happened. Luckily, Shane can pack everything like a like a, a maniac and had it all done into. A, I don't know how it all worked. But there were a couple days we went in there and said, wow, man, there's not a lot of stuff here. And then just a couple short weeks. Man, there's a lot of stuff here. God will pour it out in your life that quick. He'll bring it in. We didn't need it in July. It actually probably would have been a problem in August, you know, but when we finally got to October and it was time to go, God knew when it needed to happen, and it all came at the right moment. God knows in your life. Don't get, don't get anxious. Don't worry. Don't get upset. The word doesn't change. It changes us. We have to realize, you know, and I would just share this as we, as we start to close here and finish up. The battle isn't finished. The battle's the Lord's, and trust him. He's, he, he's, going, he's going to show himself victorious. God doesn't lose. God always wins. You stay firm and true with what he's told you and what he spoke to you in this year as we move into next year, and you'll see his hand move. It's not time to be wishy-washy. It's not time to be, to be upset. It's not time to look around and say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I think of the story, and I've used it several times over this year and in plenty of years, of David as he came into that place and he came to that point standing before Goliath. And everybody was telling him what he couldn't do. They wanted to tell him that he was just, he was just a little runt, that all he was was a little shepherd boy, that, that he needed to run along and mind his own business. But there was something about that moment and something about that time as he came to that place. It was important. It was important. Before him was, was the biggest creature that he'd probably ever seen. But up to that point, what had he done? He'd killed the lion and he'd killed the bear. God was, God was moving him along in the process. This year, there was a lion, I'm sure. Last year, there was maybe a bear. Next year, maybe Goliath. But let me tell you what. Just as David did in 1 Samuel chapter 17, he continued to speak the truth and speak the word. In the face of the biggest thing that he's ever had to fight, the biggest thing that he'd ever have to come against, he spoke the truth of the word. And he said in 1 Samuel chapter 17, in verse 45, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you, and I'll take your head from you. And this day, I will give your carcass to the camp of the Philistines. I'll give, I'll give your carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Then he goes on in verse 47 and says, Then this day, all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and the spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. 
You know, as you go back and you begin to look at the great things that God has done in this year in, in your life, in your family or whatever that might be, just realize and know that that's building your faith and strengthening you for what's to come. That we learned, you know, and we talked about manna from heaven. Why? Well, because it, it taught us these things, that God's a provider, that we have faith in him, that, that he will give us what we need every day, that we rely and totally trust him and not ourselves. It took us out of who we were as individuals, and it put us in who he is as a provider, and in, in that he loves us and will take care of us, and that we know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And if it wasn't for anything except for, for one person in this church, if it wasn't for anything except for, for me to get it or for you to get it, that's fantastic. But I tell you, it's for each one of us. And in our own way and in your own story of what 2011 was in your life, you'll go back and look and you'll see places and times where God was great. You'll see times where you knew that you couldn't do it. You'll see times where you didn't have enough. You'll see times where it was obvious that, that what was going on, you were definitely out of your league. But you went ahead anyway. See, this was a battle-tested guy who stood on that hill. The Philistine giant was, I mean, he, he had all of the weapons. He had everything. He was so tall. David was a little guy who had a slingshot. But even in the midst of all that, the last verse there in 48 so, said, so, so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the enemy to meet the Philistine. That in this last part of this year, we finish strong. And maybe you run into 2012 facing the enemy head on. Don't look back like Lori said earlier. We don't need to look back. Don't let regret hold you back. Don't let what you did or didn't do right hold you back. But go forward in what God has for you. Run toward that next thing. That we finish strong. The one thing we need to see and realize is who we, you know who you are. In this year, do you know who you are? In Christ. Not you as an individual, but in Christ. That you're redeemed from the curse, like it says in Galatians. That we're victorious in Christ. Some of us have fought battles. Some of you have been battling and fighting and scrapping and scraping and trying to get to December 28th because it didn't look like you would make it on October 21st. But you've made it to December 28th. There have been battles. There have been things that have gone on. There's been stuff that's happened. But we will fight. And you will stand. And you will make it. It's December 28th. We got three more days and then we roll into 2012 and we start all over with what God has for us. But we have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt as we move forward, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next week, we have to know who we are. Realize and understand that we're overcomers, like it says in the word. That we overcome the enemy, that we overcome the darkness, that we overcome the things of this world by faith. 1 John chapter 4. That we're overcomers in this world. That we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you realize and know what that means? What that means to say that I have right standing with him. Maybe you didn't know that six months ago. Maybe you didn't know that six weeks ago. But I'll tell you that's the truth. 
that if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it says that we are, his, we are made righteous by His blood. That He has adopted us into His house. That He has, like David. See, David was anointed before all of this happened with Goliath. He was anointed as the king, the next king, before all that went down. You've been anointed and called kings and priests, like we've talked about a couple weeks ago in 1 Peter chapter 2. Why? Because you're about to face something. And know that you're anointed and know that God is with you and know that you're not alone as you go forward. Well, how do you know that? Because day by day by day, we have seen him faithful. Day by day by day, we've sought his face. Day by day by day, he's fed us with the manna of his word. So I know at the end of the year, God is with me. And if God be for me and if God be with me, then who can be against me? Who can be against you? Who can stand against you? Nobody. So let's stand up and let's pray. I'll tell you this too as we, as we finish and as we pray. Expect the miraculous. Expect it. Expect God to do the miraculous in your life. Whether it's healing in your life, whether it's, whether it's changing relationships in your family, whether it's changing your job position, whether it's changing your financial position, whatever it is, expect God to do something big. Expect a miracle. There's a reason why Oral Roberts put that on the basketball floor. It wasn't because they were bad. Because back in the day when he put it on the floor, they were actually a very good basketball team. As they got worse, people began to think that's why they wrote it on there. But in the beginning, they were very, they were very good. But he put it on the court. Why? Because he believed it and he wanted everybody to know that God was good, that he would take care of them and that they could expect him to do the unexpected in their life. That if we expand our thinking and expand our minds as we move into a new year. This is the last service, really, of 2011. The last service. And he's going to open up the windows of heaven and rain on our lives. He has all year. How many of you just felt God reigning and being with you and His goodness being poured out? I mean, how could we have been where we are today if not for Him? We've faced stuff. We've gone through things. We may still be going through things. But I'll tell you what, things are different because He's been with us. He's been with you as you've come through. And as we think little, we'll end up little. If we think big, we'll end up big. And I want to thank God thoughts in my life. I'm excited. This has been the wildest and most not me kind of year. <laughs> How many? See, I, I spent a lot of my I spent a lot of years in my life knowing that I was going to be all this would be easy. I learned from the best. Right? I mean, I've had, I've, had great, I've had great mentors and people have spoken to my life. And so I've spent my whole life thinking, this could be a breeze. It's no problem. Only every day to have to like crawl out of bed and like say, oh, God. God. But did he not prepare us on January 2nd? See, when he began to say, listen, this is what's going to happen. And this is what you're going to need. Stop thinking that you know what to do. Get out of your understanding. Wean yourself away from what you think. And if you'll rely on and trust in me, I will provide manna for you that will last every day of this year. So that in that moment when you have need of it, I will provide it. 
that you will know that I am God. And that I will never, see, he will never let us down. So tonight as we pray, I just want to encourage you. God's done fantastic things this year. You look back and think, well, there may be somebody here who says, you know what, there's not been one good thing. I, I, I will sit down. I challenge you. God's done something good. And in my life, and I'm sure in yours, as I focused on the bad, it's gotten worse. But as I focused on God and the good, things have gone up. Focus on His goodness. Focus on His mercy and focus on His grace. And He will do things in 2012 that you never dreamed of. Because He's done things in 2011 that you never dreamed of. And He only goes forward.